You can get this full audiobook for free on Amazon, by clicking on the link in the description. Is brought to you, by the book guide. I must have slept deeply for at least a few hours because the first time I startled awake at a noise was around 3 a.m. It had been a quiet noise, the kind you can't really identify once you're awake even though you know it's what woke you up. It might have been a thump or a creak. Had I shut the door when I went to sleep or left it ajar? It was open now. The bed jiggled as something jumped up onto it and I bolted upright, simultaneously aggravating my injuries and startling the hell out of a cat. Right, cat. Mr. Dimas has a cat, I mumbled, staring at the creature hunched down near my feet. It was an orange tabby whose name I didn't remember, but I recalled him using the cat's habit of bringing in dead mice and birds as a parallel lesson for something or other in his class. I took a deep breath and looked out the window. No sign of sunlight anywhere. I pushed myself out of bed, testing my balance and the general functionality of all my limbs. I was incredibly sore, but I could move. I'd had a plan before I even got to Mr. Dimis's, and now that I was in slightly better shape, I could get started. It was time to go collect my first recruit. I know I'd promised, but I really didn't have a choice. Mr. Dimis would try to convince me to stay, and it was better for everyone if I didn't. Still, there was something I had to do before I left. Since I was staying in a teacher's house, it wasn't hard to find paper and pencil. The cat followed me around as I put my socks and shoes back on, and he purred and nuzzled against my hand as I tried to gather my things. I couldn't help but smile. I'd always liked animals, and the cat reminded me of Hugh. Sometimes, when the mudluff wanted attention, he'd just get in the way of whatever I was doing. I had two letters to write. The most important one was also the hardest, so I put it off until last. Instead, leaning against the desk with the cat winding itself around my ankles, I wrote, Mr. Dimmis, Jack, sorry to run out like this, but you had to have expected I would. I know I promised, but it's safer for you and my family if I'm not on this world anymore. Speaking of my family, the other letter here is for them. Please make sure they get it. Thank you for everything you've done for me. First and foremost, not assuming I was crazy when I brought you this whole harebrained tale. The supplies will help immensely, and I'm sure I won't be the only one who'll be grateful for them. Not much else to say. I know it sounds, again, crazy, but if the world is ever destroyed... You'll know I've failed in my mission. I'll do the best I can to make sure I don't. Thanks again. I debated signing my name for a few moments. It could be seen as incriminating, but Mr. Dimmis was smart enough to burn the letter after he'd read it. Still, I decided not to chance it. He'd know who it was from. I made my way silently out to the living room, grabbing the rust-red backpack he'd filled with granola bars, bottled water, and medical supplies for me. Another thing I was grateful for, particularly the aspirin. I stopped long enough to take two of those, then slipped soundlessly out through one of the windows so I wouldn't leave his front door unlocked. It seemed the least I could do. The cat sat on the windowsill, watching as I made my way alone down the dark street. The park was the best place to walk from. 
It had a lot of wide open space, but enough trees that I could easily slip into a ring of them and not get caught disappearing, or reappearing as the case may be. Many of my interworld lessons had explained that I had an instinctive navigational system for walking, sort of like when you close your eyes and can still tell you're about to run into a wall. The chance of trying to walk between dimensions and ending up occupying the same space as a car or trash can or another person was slim to none, but walking in a wide open space made it far less...